you're about to listen to the profound word of God, ministered by Ty Adeshugba, pastor of Worship Tabernacle Church. Without a doubt, this will be a life-transforming experience as you acquaint yourself with the word of God and develop a rich and rewarding relationship with Him. This message will certainly shape your life, fulfill your dreams, and guarantee your success. Let's go to our message this afternoon. It's called Transformed to Conform. Transformed to Conform. Now, I've got three points, but I only managed to do one in the first service. I'm not sure if I'll be successful in this service, so relax. It will be fine. Transformed to Conform. The book of Romans in chapter 8, verse 28 to 30, the contemporary English Bible says, We know that God works all things together for good, for the ones who love God, for those who are called according to his purpose. We know this because God knew them in advance. So this is, this is because many of us, we quote that we know that all things work together for good for those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. But the second verse tripped me this week. He says, how do we know this? We know this, why? In, because God knew them in advance. He knew this. He knew everything that's going to happen to you. He knew it in advance. And he decided in advance that Everything that is happening to you and you will be conformed to the image of his son. What he's working out is to make you conformed. He says that way his son would be the first of many brothers and sisters. So look at Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. He is your brother, your sister. He is the one who has led you. He says, now I'm making you to be conformed to them. He says, those who God decided in advance will be conformed to his son. He also called. Those whom he called, he also made righteous. Those whom he made righteous, he also glorified. And having chosen them, he called them to come to him. And having called them, he gave them right standing with himself. And having given them right standing, he gave them his entire glory. Father, we ask you to shape lives this morning, afternoon, fulfill dreams in our lives this afternoon, guarantee our success as you give us your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, transform, the word transform means change to conform. Change to conform. Many people spend a great deal of time and energy trying to avoid change. But it will inevitably catch up with them. If you listen carefully this afternoon, if you can learn to cope with change, you will lower your risk of anxiety and depression. Your relationship will flourish and your body will feel healthier if you can learn to cope with change. But if you can't cope with change, only a minor amount of stress can make you feel feel overwhelmed in life. So fact number one, you've got to know this. Everything in this world changes except God. 
Turn to someone say, everything changes. In your life, except God. Come on, find someone. Don't let me come down to you. Find someone behind you. Say, everything changes. Point to them. In your life, except God. Alright, turn to yourself. Say, everything changes. In my life, but the good news is God never changes. You know why I said that? It's because God doesn't change because God doesn't change. Because my God doesn't change. We can be at peace when everything else around us does. When things go crazy, when things don't work the way it is, my God does not change. People may leave me. People may join me. But my God never leaves me or forsakes me. He does not change. I just miss somebody upstairs. I may lose my job. I may lose some money. But the one who owns the cattle upon a thousand hills does not change about providing for all my needs according to his riches that never change in his glory. Ah, you just didn't hear what I'm saying. Ah, uh, uh, a, a, a relationship can come and go, but my God never comes and goes. He's always there. Nothing changes with my God, but with me, things can change. God works in our changes to move us forward and never backwards. So in every change, we can be sure God is planning for our good. Moving us closer to him. In this way, we can not only embrace change, but we can also welcome it. Many people don't like change, but change, 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 change can be an energizing force for power and progress. Don't let anyone deceive you. Even I don't like change. But change... Is an energizing force. But it may not be a force if you don't handle it well. Because as though, though it is a force for change, though it is a force for power and progress, if it is not handled well, it can be a force for stagnation and regression. Apologize for that wire dangling. I promise you next Sunday it will not be there. There will be change. Or I have to change the ones who don't change that. The Bible is a book about change. Those handled well result in great gain. And those handled poorly resulted in great loss. So, those, the people in the Bible who handled the word of God well and accepted change succeeded. The ones who didn't handle it well, failed. 
And Israel did not handle change well, so they all died in the wilderness. I'm going somewhere this, this afternoon. God gives us grace to change, to be conformed to his image as we should behold Jesus Christ by faith. So growth takes place in our lives when we are plugged into God and when we are engrafted to his words and constantly align ourselves up to God's will. Listen to me. If you're not changed, you don't have Jesus. Because Jesus changes people. You cannot be a Christian and come to church every single Wednesday or on Sundays and there is no iota of change in your life. Can I even say this and go a bit further? The worst people that resist change are those who have been Christians for a long time. Because they, even, they can finish the sentence of the pastor. They know everything. And so, while the message is going on, they are not receiving anything because they feel they know it. It's like the Bible. When you read the Bible, you know there are some Bible you just skim over because you think you know it. So new revelation never comes to you because you have Zoom. I know about the story of David and Goliath. But the story of David and Goliath has different connotations and permutations in our lives depending on where we are and when we ask the Holy Ghost, help us as I read this scripture afresh. But when we're so used to the story because we heard it from our mother's womb, when we start to read it again, oh, okay, I know about that, let me skip that. I need new revelation. The one that you have, you haven't done anything with it. And so, so, so the, the, the point about change is that when Jesus comes into our lives, you must change. You were angry before Jesus came into your life. And it looks like you've gone from bad to worse. Ah! You are a fornicator. You are an adulterer. You cheated on your wife or your husband. And now Jesus came into your life and you've doubled up. You brought what you were doing in the world into church. I'm lost for words. You, you don't forgive people. When Christ came into your life, there must be a change in our lives. And so this morning, this afternoon, I want to talk about three things. I won't get there, but let me just give you one at least. About what is required to have lasting change in our lives. What does change actually require? And the first thing I've got to say is change requires repentance change requires repentance now that word repentance for a lot of people is a dirty word they think it means something bad 
Something you don't really want to do. Something painful. Repent, 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 repent. They think of a guy standing on the street corner with a sign that says, Repent, the world is about to end. Have you ever seen them? Uh, or they'll put their tongue or board. I went for a conference recently. There were over 10,000 Christians going there. And you know, 10,000 Christians. We assume we're all Christians, but we're Christians. Uh, who are pastors. When it comes to pastors, I have fear. But we are pastors anyway. Uh, pastors and leaders and all that. And then I came out of the conference the first day and I saw this guy with a placard. If you do not receive Jesus, you're going to hell. And I'm looking at the guy like, 10,000 of us are just coming out of church and going into church. Is this relevant here? <laughs> I mean, when you need to do your resources, do it in a place that has maximum impact. 10,000! You understand? Know, and then... Ah, Jesus. Things are very fun. And then I saw some people just going near to him and taking a photograph near him. I'm like, what, what has this got to do where we are? But that's how we grew up. I grew up in a very harsh Christian environment. Hey! I, I, I thought that I would not make heaven. By the way, I saw Christianity. <laughs> hey! I remember I was in this church. I said in the first service, there's always this guy, always, always praying. Always fasting. Nobody goes near him. Nobody talks to him. But I knew later why they didn't. Because the first day I just said, Yeah, I'm going to say hello to this guy. I said, Hey, bro, I got so close to him. Hey, bro, how are you doing? God, God be praised. As it says, God be praised. I turn back and say, God has to be praised, man. God has to be praised. That man. I knew. But he isolated himself. Christianity, when I got into it, was an isolation. You won't want to join them. They told me when I was ministering to them or trying to get some of them, oh, no, 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 no. Because it was rules and regulations. It was hellfire, 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 hell and fire is coming. Even I that said I was born again, I'm in church, and they're still saying hellfire. It looks like to me I'm not going to make it. One day I sat in church, and when that guy finished brimstone, hell and fire and told us that many of you are not going to make it. He said, many of us are not going to make it. I sat down there. Yeah, I was in church. The previous Saturday, Saturday before the Sunday, my friends had all gone out to drink, womanized, slept all over the place and all that and they were having a good time. And I'm saying to myself, I'm a child of God. I'm not having a good time outside. I'm in church. I'm not having a good time. And you're talking about hellfire. You're saying, I am not going to make it. If I'm not going to make it, Maybe I should go out there because there's no point. Why would I deny myself here on earth and then burn for eternity? No, 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 no. And as I was in church, you know, many things start to sit down in your head. I was, it was like my senior brother was just coming to my ears every single time because when he goes out to parties, my mom and my dad would say, get home by 9 o'clock, get home by 9 o'clock. And he doesn't come home till 4 a.m. in the morning. And when he comes home, we see my dad beating him. He say, yeah, ah, ah, he will be screaming as my dad beats him up. And then he will come into the room and smile. 
And I looked at him one day. I said, why do you like trouble? Nine o'clock. He says, aha. When it was quarter to nine, he knew I wasn't going to make it. And so he thought to himself, if I now leave now and get home quarter past nine, the same amount of beating I will get for quarter past nine. (laughs) So, what's the point? So I might as well enjoy myself there, knowing I will get the beating at home, but I won't be beaten both ways. I looked at him, I'm like, so I'm in church. Years later, and I'm thinking, ah, this man says we're not going to make it, so we're going to be beaten here. And then I'm not enjoying life. No. So Christianity looked like something I didn't want to emulate because the word repent was a very harsh word. But let me say this. As I started to grow in Christianity, I found out repentance has nothing to do with your behavior. And my grandmothers, my mothers, and my great-great-grandmothers just gone quiet. And some of them are looking at me from their eyes like, mm, wait for me for a second. Repentance has nothing to do with your behavior. It is about changing your mind and learning to think differently. Repent simply means to make a mental U-turn. It is something you do in your mind, not your behavior. Because changing the way you think will then affect your emotions and then affect your behavior. Let me, let, let me say this again. I cannot change from my behavior to my mind. When I make a mental U-turn in my life, my emotions line up with my mental state and my mental state now dictates my behavior. So, Wait, what's that? Huh? So, when the... Sorry, son. Sorry, son. Enjoy me. Enjoy me. Give him an iPad. Let him watch something there. Uh, when, 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 when the prodigal son, when he was about to go back to his father, he didn't say, let me change my behavior. There was nothing to change. He was with the pigs. He had to change the way he thought. Now listen to his thought process. He said, let me go back to my father. He wasn't thinking of how they would accept him. He was thinking about how he would change. Because even if they make me a servant, the issue wasn't the position. The issue was the change of mindset. So it wasn't like, if I see my dad, my dad will now make me the head. No. The, the thing was, I don't like what I'm doing. So the Bible says, he came to himself. The woman with the issue of blood did not go by a behavior. Her behavior was not making anything work. She said in her mind, if I can but touch the hem of his garments, then I will be whole. That is what is called a mental U-turn. 
Is anyone hearing what I'm saying? Because changing the way you think will change your behavior. When I repent, I make a mental U-turn. Somebody asked me the question, how would I stop sleeping with this man? I'm not married, so how do I stop? And I said to the lady, I said, it is not how, but it is why. The how is a behavior, the why is a mental U-turn. Why should I not stop makes me know how to do it. Because if I say to myself, I sleeping with this person will bring disease and the fear of God, the wrath of God may not take me anywhere. It will energize me by that power to change how I approach it. It is not me sleeping with another woman that's the point because I have a church. It is why I shouldn't do that because I line up with the will of God for my life. Look, even our diet, we've told you so many times, I've screamed, my wife has said, stop saying it, but I can't because I don't want to bury anyone, any young ones. I'm having a problem with the young age. If many of them reach the age 20 years from now, they will be unrecognizable. You eat anything. Oh, I want to lose weight. I want to lose weight. But you start to convulse when you go to a restaurant and they say 10 pounds eat anything. Convulsion. Listen, it is not how I should stop eating. It is why. When you go to the doctor, you need to know why you should stop eating anything. The way some people eat, it brings the fear of Jehovah upon my life. They know you in McDonald's. They know you in KFC. They know you in Nando's. They, in fact, they know you now that they even give you extra vouchers for visiting them. You are destroying what God has given to you and you can't do anything until you make a mental U-turn. Seriously. The, the way you're eating, the way you're going, 20 years from now, it will catch up with you. Pastor, I thought this is church. It is church. <laughs> this is alarming. You, we, 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 we're going to change spiritually, physically, and mentally. Not everything is food to eat and to consume. I'm not saying you can't eat McDonald's and Nando's and all that. Don't go and sue me. But they're supposed to be treats. But there are no more treats. What is treats for some of us is salad. That's the treat. 12 o'clock, you're still eating. You go on holidays. Oh, it's time for me to, to eat anything. No! Holidays is not for you to eat anything. And if you want to eat anything, exercise and eat so it complements each other. 
Jesus of Nazareth. And it doesn't mean because you're slim, you are healthy. Am I right? Because a wrestler just died yesterday night in the ring. So it has nothing to do with that. You can be slim and be on your way to heaven. It's a mental U-turn. It has, repentance has to start with the mind. Don't dress like this. I dress like this. I can dress anyhow. It's because there's no mental U-turn. My marriage is apart. Things are not working. Your marriage will not get together or your marriage will not succeed if there is no repentance. A mental U-turn. Honey, come quick. You're thinking, hey, hey this isn't happening before. So just come, come, come quick. If she falls, if you're in trouble. Come quick. Come on, darling. Stay. Turn, turn, turn. Mm -hmm. I have to change. This is what most of us are doing in our marriage. Even in our relationship with God. Just assume she is God because in our relationship she has to be God. Just assume she is God. Just assume we are married. This is how most of us are doing. Oh, we are. Don't assume we are. So, right now, most of the time in marriages and relationships, we're turning our back on each other. And then we are praying. And you know the problem is, while we're turning our backs on each other, you can be married, but you can be still on single, unmarried. You, you, I am, you are married to Taliqua. And still, in your mind and your phone, you've got Mamikwa on that. You are married to Richard, but still, You've got Riri on your mind. And so we can come to church together. We can walk in together. We can smile together. But our minds are in different directions. And while she's praying, I am praying. But God says, I only manifest myself in unity. And my behavior cannot bring us together. The only thing that can bring us together is in my mind. Listen to this. Look at this. Because my behavior can take me like this. But in my mind, look at what will happen. Look what will happen. We have a mental U-turn. So let's turn. So in our minds, we are turning. We are turning. And we're facing each other. It's only when we face each other that we can... Mm. <laughs> I was thinking she didn't kiss me this morning. Maybe now she has no options. Now, now, this is, it is only by repentance. It's only by God saying to me, Ty, Femi, turn around. Turn around. 
Because success will never come unless you're looking at each other. Mm. Success will never come unless you're looking at the eyes of the Father. Success will never come unless you're conformed into the image of God. And our marriages are falling apart if we're backing each other. But if we turn around, then we start to look into each other's eyes and see the pain. Mm. We see the joy. We see where we're going. And most of the time, when we talk about repentance, it means we have to do a U-turn. Did you get that? No. When I turn, so while I'm here, let me hold this so I can read. So while she, turn, turn, turn your back. When I repent, I make a mental U-turn. That means I turn from hurt to forgiveness. I turn from purposelessness to purpose in life. I turn back to her from no hope in our marriage to hope. I turn from frustration to freedom. I turn from darkness to light. I turn from hell to heaven. Because when, if I keep turning my back and not forgiving her, and she not forgiving me, if I die right now, you're going straight to hell. So your mental turning makes you turn to heaven. When you turn, you say, I turn from hatred to love. Once we turn around and we hold each other, it means that for life, God is saying, that's where I command the blessing. Repentance is not behavior. Repentance is the mind. Yes, you can go right. So I repent. Whenever I change the way I think by adopting how God thinks. What does God think about me? What does God think about you? What does God think about myself? Because if, I'm not, if I don't accept how God sees me, then I would never think the way God wants me to think. I don't have to be someone else for you to accept me. I've got to accept me who God created in the image and the likeness of him. You didn't create me. You can't even create a single newspaper. And then you want to create a human being. When we got married, my main effort was trying to recreate her to fit my purpose. But God says, when I created her, it wasn't to fit your purpose. It was to help you where you need help. So if I'm trying to change her, then I'm trying to say, I don't like what God did in her. And when we, when, when, when we change and repent in the way we think, we'll be nice with ourselves. And that's the reason why we won't go naked, girls, anywhere to show off. We won't dress anyhow because we know that we are complete in Christ. Men, we won't be moving all around the place trying to see how many women we can notch up. It's foolishness. That will not help your image. You have to be conformed 
to the image of Christ. We've got to turn around from the things we used to do. We've got to be able to say, according to Romans chapter 12, verse 1 to 2, the New Living Translation, don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world, but let, but let, but let, but let, but let, but let God, what? Transform you into a new person by what? Changing the way you think. Then you will learn. To know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Repentance is three things. Repentance is number one, total sacrifice. Repentance is number two, surrendering of oneself to obey. And number three, it means to submit to the word of God in all situations. You can't read the Bible and cherry pick which one is good for you. When the Bible says love your enemies, it means love your enemies, period. You don't love people who love you. There's no gain in that. My wife and I, we had an, uh, 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 not, not an issue. She, she, saw, she said, why do these people just keep using you? Why do they keep using you? And I said to her, which normally I've changed because I picked up her good character. And I said to her, you know what? Have you not seen? That God always blesses me. God always blesses me. I know they use me. And I know they will not do what they told me to do. If I ask them to do what they told me to do. But God always blesses me. Because the blessing can never be inconvenience. It has to be in the sacrifice. Are you following what I'm saying? So we have to submit totally to the word of God. My, my G is upstairs. Are you hearing me? Say yo. Mm-hmm. Repentance brings deliverance. Many people go for deliverance and end up without results because they fail to realize that the first requirement for total deliverance is repentance. Oh, come and ask me. Huh? How many deliverance have I done? Get out! Get out! 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 You foul demon! Get out! Get out! And as they're screaming, even my decibel is going up. And I've noticed that after I finish deliverance, even I'm exhausted. <laughs> I've not seen how many times Jesus was exhausted. And they can roll, they can sleep, they can put them, they can, they can speak, they can... Oh, the kind of thing will happen. But you know what? Two months down the line, you see them, they come back again. Pastor, it's still happening. You see, the major problem is not that they were not delivered. The major problem is, the Bible made one thing clear. He says, when you cast out that demon, it goes to the dry places. When he finds no place to rest, the Bible says it comes back. And if he finds that place empty and swept, he now invites seven other demons. So if the demon is Instagram. And the Instagram has caused depression in your life. And you cast out that spirit of Instagram, WhatsApp, Snap the chat, Facebook. Like you want to do a total detox. And then afterwards you come for deliverance out of depression. But three weeks down the line or four weeks down the line, you just have an epiphany. And just say to yourself, let me just even see what is going on. 
The Bible says that the devil is waiting for you for seven more to come in. And the moment you go back to it, because you haven't built yourself up in the world. Did I say you can't go back to it? I didn't say that. But before you go back to it, God must have changed your purpose. There must have been a mental U-turn around that my life doesn't depend on the lights. My life depends upon what God says about me. My life does not depend on the comments. Because many times we're looking at the comments. Ten can be positive. And if one is negative, that's what you will take throughout the, the, the rest of your life. Comments on Instagram has made women go and enlarge their posterior and die. Comments on the Instagram has allowed them to enlarge their frontier uh, and die. Comments on the Instagram has made men try to buff up and they're having high blood pressure. Comments on the Instagram has made you spend 5,000 pounds on a nose that was perfectly okay before you received the comments. People are looking for your nose, not the one that you have gone to reinvent. Because all you are focused on is the demon of social media. And when you're delivered from it, fill yourself up first with the word of God. Make a mental U-turn that when you come back, you will slay Goliath. The difference between David and the rest was David had a mental U-turn. He said, I'm not a shepherd boy, Goliath. Boy, when I finish with you, man, I will cut off your head and feed it to the birds of the air. Look, Look at this small boy. He didn't realize that David had had a Mental U-turn. That's repentance. So before I deliver people, do deliverance, I first have to take them through the word. Because sometimes deliverance is just words. You cannot be delivered from promiscuity. And then the following month, you go sleep with other people. And then you say something is wrong with your life. When Jesus comes into your life, I guarantee one thing he does. He changes things for you. Are you going to remain unresponsive about your spiritual condition? Or are you going to get upset? Are you going to just sit there? Or are you going to have a vehement desire to do what is right? Are you just going to be indifferent with your Christianity? Or are you going to be zealous and turn back to God? God's desire this morning, or this afternoon, sorry, is for you not to leave this place the same way you came in. Will you let him have his will and way in your life? Because let me say this as I close. Visible change is the evidence of repentance, not willpower. Willpower can produce short-term change. But it creates a constant internal stress because you haven't dealt with the root problem. 
The change doesn't feel natural when you're not going to, I'm not going to eat ice cream. I'm not going to eat ice cream. I'm not going to take ice cream. Is it eat or take or whatever, whatever. Ah, I repent. No, 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 no. And then you go out to watch a film and then there's this ice cream just dripping down, uh, you know, uh, the strawberry and vanilla all mixed together and on the top of it they now put a cherry and you just see somebody pick the ice cream with the comb and go, and immediately one one won't hurt because it's all willpower but when there's a mental turnaround and there's a repentance you will find out that you will not quickly revert back to your old ways this is what happens when you change your life with willpower you say, I will force myself to eat less. I will force myself to exercise. I will quit being disorganized and late. I can say, I need to love my kids more. Or a woman can say, I need to love my husband more. That isn't going to work. You can't fight. Listen to me. You can't fight your way into a feeling. You must change the way you think about your kids. And say, I don't care what the school says. I love my kids because of what God said about them. You've got to change the way you think about your husband. I love my husband because it is God's purpose for my life. You've got to change the way you think about your wife. Because when I went into the marriage, I didn't go into the marriage based on her size. I didn't go into the marriage based on her body figure. Because her body figure can be reconfigured. Either by food or by child. Which you can reconfigure back anyway. But, 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 but if I entered into my relationship with my wife based on her figure, when she was pregnant, I would be looking for a figure. So I went into the relationship not based on willpower, but based on purpose. Because it is purpose that will keep us together. I didn't enter into my relationship with the man because when I met him, he was driving a B, my wife. BMW. I entered into it because I saw purpose in our relationship. So when he loses his job, I'm still not, my feeling doesn't change because I'm not loving him by willpower. I'm loving him by purpose. That is what deals with our mental thoughts. And when our mental thoughts are dealt with, even if we're trying to go astray, we will come back to that place of repentance and always come back to that place of God. And always coming back to that place when our behaviors are lined up with God. Because we should transform to conform to the image and the likeness of God. Young ones in church, don't go according to the world. Go according to God. It may be slow, it may be laborious, but at the end of it, you will reach your goal. You've been listening to Ty Adeshugba, pastor of Worship Tabernacle Church. We hope you enjoyed this message. For further inquiries, visit us at www.worshiptabernacle.org.uk Alternatively, call us on 020-7435-3939 You can find us at the Citadel, Worship Tabernacle, 131 St. John's Way, N19 3RQ Archway, London. Thank you for listening.